What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Matthew West Podcast from the Story House here. I'm your host, Matthew West, and as always, I really hope you like it. Thank you for joining me. Very excited for today's show. I'm also very excited to be hitting the road on the Don't Stop Praying Tour taking place this spring. We're only going to like 16 cities across the country, so you're not going to have many chances to come and see us, but I sure hope you'll go to MatthewWest.com, get your tickets. The VIPs are selling out quickly. Um, so if you want to come and hang out before the show, go today and get those tickets. Come and see me, special guest Cochran and co joining me. It's going to be a special night. We're putting all the details and getting ready for rehearsals and can't wait to see you there. So I always love going on the road. I love taking these songs from the story house to you and uh, seeing what God does as we worship together. So also getting very close, March, my brand new book, My Story, Your Glory is coming out. We're going to have opportunities for you to join a book club. We're going to have opportunities for you to pre-order the book. More information coming very soon on that. So uh, stay tuned. Follow me on social media, on Instagram at Matthew J. West. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, you already don't know. Um, but uh, let's see, were there other announcements that I wanted to make? I think I'm ready for my next announcement, which is today's guest. She's a podcast host. Her her podcast, the, the Happy Hour podcast, comes out every Wednesday and Friday uh, she's a mom, she's a speaker, she's an author, highly entertaining, and she's written an awesome new book. And we're going to talk about all of that uh, on today's episode. So let's go to the story house with Jamie Ivey. That's a great way to start our conversation today. You said you're born ready. Is that true? I, well, I don't know if that's true, actually. I think if you say it, you believe it. Like, you know, Ooh. I'm just like, okay, let's do this. But I do talk in a microphone all day long. So I feel I'm born ready for this show, Matthew. You talk into a microphone because of your podcast called The Happy Hour. Is it The Happy Hour or just Happy the Hour? The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey, yes. The Happy Hour podcast with Jamie Ivey. And uh, when do episodes release? They come out on Wednesdays and Fridays. Two a week? Okay, let me give you the backstory. You were born ready. You're quick. an overachiever. Yeah, tell me the backstory. So when I started my podcast in 2014, so it's almost 10 years this year. 10 so years? Been, yes. Congratulations. I've been doing this for a minute. Thank you. That's amazing. Uh, so when I started, I just kind of jumped out. The back backstory to that is in 2011, I tried out to be a DJ at a radio station here in my town, and I won a contest. So I went, I know. So I went from stay-at-home mom, four kids, to like morning show. Wait, from a ta was, from a talent contest? Yes. I know. It's a crazy story. So I had never spoken into a microphone a day in my life. And I tried out for this thing and I won and I ended up on radio in radio. Loved it. Fast forward a couple of years, I was like, I'm gonna start a podcast. And I started the happy hour thinking like my mom would listen and my husband Aaron every <laughs> once in a while. And then we just kept going. And in 2020, Matthew, we decided to do two shows a week and then we've gone back and forth. So I've done one sometimes, two sometimes. It's just, you know, but, but whatever I want to do. Real quick though, did you always want to be like a radio DJ? Like what made you enter that contest? 
I sometimes, if I would have known where I was going to be today and I would tell that story a million times, I would have a better answer for this. But I just remember driving in my car and I'll admit there was a part of me. Do you have kids, Matthew? Yes, I have two daughters. Two daughters. Okay. So there was a part of me, I think that I was in the midst of these younger kids and I thought, is this all there is to life? (laughs) (laughs) Is there more to my life than soccer practice and carpool? And I don't really think that we should hang out in that place very often, but I think I kind of thought that. <laughs> and and I heard it come on the radio. They're like, we have open auditions. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to do it. And I did it. And I ended up winning. Which crazy. You, are you in Texas? I'm in Austin. Yes. Austin, Texas. So was it, what uh, kind of radio station was it? It was a country radio station. I'm a country radio girl. Come and so on. it was 98.1 K vet. <laughs> Let's go. That's amazing. And how long did you, yeah. how long did you stay on the radio? So I got the job and I went from pre before we had children, I was a teacher and a coach. So I'd been a stay at home mom for a lot of times, worked a couple part-time jobs, but like I was privileged. I was grateful. It was great to be with the kids. So I found this job that I was loving. I was thriving, but my family was kind of falling apart at home. And mm. so I was like, you guys, you're rated on my parade. Like mom has found her, her gig, her point. But we have three of our kids joined our family through adoption, and two of our kids had only been home about a year when I got that job. Wow. It was just a lot. Yeah. It was a lot in our family. And so I only worked there for four months, and then I quit. And so it's just a lot of me going, God, I followed you here. Yeah. You opened these doors, and now you're asking me to go backwards. Um, so that's what led me to podcasting 10 years ago, though, was that I had that little bitty small stint in radio, and I loved it. That's incredible. I The first time that you fell on my radar was during the pandemic, I believe. Um, you were Your family was on an episode of Uncomfortable Conversations with Emmanuel Acho, who I've gotten to know a little bit, and he was um, doing those series of it was what well, was it called Uncom- uncomfortable conversations or uncomfortable conversations with a black man or something like that. That's right? it with a black man, uh huh. And yep. he had your family on, which because he went to University of Texas, didn't he? Yes, he did. Is that did you guys know each other already, or how did that come so about? So we didn't know each other. We had a lot of overlapping mutual friends, but we didn't know each other. But uh, while he was in Austin, going to the University of Texas, he attended um, some of the church that my husband's a pastor at. So there was a little bit of overlap of we know who you are, you know who we are. And then he somehow came across a picture of my family. Yeah. It was just like, this is confusing. What's happening? And so he reached out to me and we got to go on that show with him. Well, and it made me think of that because you mentioned um, how many of your children by adoption? Three out of the four. And so if anybody didn't get a chance to see that conversation, it is still just as relative, uh, just as uh, relevant as uh, mm-hmm. today as it would have been when it initially aired. Um, but just a beautiful blended family on display there. And uh, and I got to tell you, so I was I was really touched by that conversation and getting to see your family. And now here we are all this time later having the chance to talk to you today. And you're not just a podcast host doing episodes on Wednesday and Friday. You were born ready, not just for podcasts, but to be writing books to inspire the masses. And you have strategic book placement right over your shoulder as I'm talking to you. For those who are listening to the audio-only version, um, she's pointing to, she has her brand new book that's about to come out very soon uh, over her shoulder. It's brilliant, brilliant. And so I wanted to make sure I pointed that out. But I want to tell you right now uh, that your book is going to be a bestseller. 
And oh, wow. Are you, you saying this, Matthew? I'm calling my it. shot. And do you want to know why? I'd love to know why. Because when I read the title of your book, the title is Why Can't I Get It Together? My first thought was, that's the story of my life. And then my friend Asa here, who's producing the podcast, he goes, can I get a copy? <laughs> and so, Asa, I've got you covered. So I think you have come up with, I don't even, those, those pages could be empty on the inside. The title alone is going to make people go, uh, yeah, I'm raising my hand. Me too. Same. Uh, why can't I get it together? Uh, of course, the uh, subtitle is uh, kick unrealistic expectations to the curb and rest in God's truth. So I really just want to dive in here and just ask you this question, Jamie, why can't I get it together? <laughs> It's the question we're all asking. You know, when we came up with this title, I was like, well, this is what I say to myself all the time. Yeah. So we should put on the cover of a book. I mean, we're all asking. And honestly, the shortest answer to why we can't get it together that we dive in, in the book a lot is a couple of reasons. Number one, we have these expectations that can never be met. Um, we live in a broken world. Mm. Both of you are people, both you and I are people of faith. And so we have this understanding, this, this, this knowledge that the world is broken and that sin entered in and it causes us so much havoc. So there's that reason is we have these unrealistic expectations. And then also, Matthew, I think that we have areas of our life that we just we're trying to live up to other people's standards. Mm. And sometimes I can't get it together in a certain area of my life because I'm looking at Sarah over here in, I don't know, Washington, and she seems to have it together. But we have two different lives. And so I think that we're not looking at our own lives. And so those are the two main areas that we walk that we kind of dissect in the book. But there's there's not this idea at the end of the book of here's the three steps to get it together. Oh, I think that come would on. make it even more a bestseller. I know I'm here to say like <laughs> I'm here in the same boat, but I do believe this and I do say this, even though I don't have a three step plan, I do think that you can get it together even when your life feels out of control. I think when you change your lens, when you do a reality inventory, you can understand what parts of my life do I need to adjust to feel more together. What's a reality inventory? So I think this, I was thinking about my life when I started to think, sometimes I feel like I can't get it together. Okay, what parts of my life do I feel like I can't get it together? And in the book, I walk through six different areas. And you may listen to these and be like, okay, Jamie, this one stands out to me, or this one doesn't really feel that big to me. The first one that I think of is past and present hurts. Hmm. And it all happened because, I don't know if you or any of your listeners or Asa can say, I was sitting in a counselor's office one time, and I bring up something that happened in my life like 25 years ago and I literally say out loud to my counselor when am I going to get over this like why can't I get myself together with this and so past and present hurts I think when we don't deal with them and acknowledge the grief that they can really make us feel like we can't get it together mm. uh, the next one was uh, obligations now I don't know if you struggle with this but I struggle with saying yes to too many things yes okay so for me obligations is here's the things that I should do because I said I would and there have just been, with being a mom to four kids and working, there's some seasons I just can't say yes as much, you know? And so I'm trying to figure that out of what that looks like. For example, I'll give you an example. My daughter is in theater, and all of her plays are this weekend. It's Mama Mia, and she's Tanya. Have you seen Mama Mia? Uh, my daughters were just wearing the soundtrack out. They had a bunch of girls over during a snow, snow day, and I'm listening to, uh, uh, what's the song? Uh, I get that it's mixed. probably the one they sing thing at the end of the show so yeah the, uh, now i've got it in my head okay yes anyhow my husband's never seen it so i was wondering if you had seen it um 
But my point in saying that is they send out the volunteer list. You know, you're a dad. You've got kids. They send out the volunteer list. Hey, we need volunteers for concessions. We need this. We need that. And I look at it. I'm like, okay, what can I do? You know what I can do? I can buy stuff from the grocery store to contribute, but I can't be there. But so many times we look around and we think, God, look at all these theater moms who get to be there all day long every day. I could, I should get myself together so I could be like them. When in reality, that's just not what my life affords right now. You know, I can't do that. And so obligations. Uh, the N is for needs. How do we take care of our body? The older I get, the more that becomes more of a, a thing. You know, I'm like 45. Okay. Oh, the checklist of all the things you got to do. Uh, e is expectations, which is really, really, really big in a lot of our lives. And then R is responsibilities. And those are the things you can't say no to. Mm. You have children. I have children. We're responsible to take care of them because we're followers of Jesus. We want to love our kids. And because the law says, hey, you have to take care of these children that you have. And so we all have responsibilities in our lives. And I think that when I felt out of control, especially when my kids were little, it's because I was looking at my responsibilities as like burdens instead of joyfulness. Mm. And so that's the inventory. And I think that's that it good. changes throughout your lives. When I was 20, oh my gosh, this inventory would have looked way different. Yeah. You know, than 45 with four kids and a full-time job and a husband in ministry and fill in the blank. So I think looking at that inventory helps you go, what's the area that's most pressing to me? Yeah. Realistic inventory is not a, a one and done process. If you're if you're right. if you're running a warehouse warehouse and uh you take inventory uh, once every three years, you're going to be in, in big trouble. So, I mean, that's, so good. that's a regular yep. uh, recurring thing that has to take place. Uh, one of the things that really resonated with me, just looking at the theme and, and reading through some of the notes about the book that's about to be coming out, the official release date is when? February 13th. But people can join the book club. They can uh, take a quiz at your website, too. Listen, we have so much fun stuff over there. So much stuff at jamieivy.com. jamieivy.com is a beautiful website with so many resources, so people can go check that out right now. The book is right around the corner. But um, one of the reasons why the title you know, resonated with me was a, a song that I sing every night on stage says, lie number one, you're supposed to have it all together. And when they ask how you're doing, just smile and tell them never better. You know, but it goes on and says, but truth be told, the truth is rarely told. I say I'm fine, but I'm not. So what does it mean to have it together? Uh, and can we ever truly have it all together, Jamie? You know, that's the that's the hard part about this title is that it is this idea that we're, we're, we're reaching. And you even in that song, it's so beautiful how you say that. Like, okay, sure, I'm, I've never been better, but on the inside, I'm not. We feel that a lot. And I think as a Christian, I think the, re the way that I can feel put together is when I have this honest, realistic idea of my life. And so can we ever have it all together? I don't think so. Yeah. But do I have to feel like I'm constantly drowning because I don't have it together? I don't think we have to feel that way. I really don't. And I think that when we go through our life, you know, to go with your song of just saying out loud, yes, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. A lot of the book I talk about community and like to have those spaces where you can look at your girlfriends, look at your friends in your small group, look at those people that you do life with and say, I actually don't have it together in this area and I need some help. Yeah, That's a whole part of doing life together because the only person that really had it all together, and I don't mean to be so Jesus-y and spiritual, is, is really Jesus. I mean, he's the one that had it all together. And the great thing about that is that he actually says, if you come to me, I can take all that for you. And so 
the beauty in it is that we don't have to drown in all of mm. this. We can actually we can actually thrive in life. And I don't say that as someone who's like has no problems and everything is this awesome over here. I say it as someone who has a lot of things going on, you know, and a lot of problems. And at the same time, I can rest in the truth of God's that like my circumstances are a part of my life, but they don't define me. And I can live in that. That's good. You start out the book talking about brokenness and sin. And uh, I'm curious as to like what, why did you feel like, okay, a book about having it all together, this yeah. needs to be my entrance point. Yeah, I'm glad you noticed that because it was this weird thing for me of trying to do, decide to do that or not because I, I believe in sin. I believe that there's brokenness, and I believe that we have a Savior who takes care of that. And at the same time, I didn't want to scare anyone off with that. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like that kind of balance. Like regardless of your faith background or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Like I, I feel like that this book has so much goodness in it regardless of your faith background and at the same time. I think sometimes we we disregard the fact that the world is so broken and that affects us in ways that we don't actually realize sometimes. You know, and I think, you know, I think about people who have endured so much tragedy, not at their own hands, but because the world is broken, whether that's through cancer or violence or whatever it might be. Mm. And then they find themselves looking around saying, I should be better by now. And I just want to remind us, like, there is something larger than just our own lives at play here. And um, just to remind us also that this is not a problem that just you and I in 2024 are dealing with. You know, I, I, I talk about Adam and Eve, and although Eve doesn't say and it doesn't allude to this in Scripture, and I always hate when I, like, kind of assume something, but let's be honest. Surely they had a conversation of, like, I can't believe we did that. Like, we had one rule. Like, we had one thing that God asked us to do. Here comes this dang deceiver what were we thinking? Come on, I can't believe we did this. I mean, you know, Scripture doesn't say that, but they're humans just like us, and I can only imagine yeah. them feeling the exact same way that we feel all the time. And so I also wanted people to know, not only is there something harder, but we're not alone, and we're not the first people to deal with this. <laughs> this has been happening since Genesis chapter 3. You yeah, know, no. it's just, it is what it is. Yeah, there's um, there's a separation we tend to, like, just build into history, you know, like, or, or disconnect from when I'm reading my Bible. Like I was, I've been reading through the story of Job, which is, I mean, that's a way to start your new year. Like right. just. Yep. Are, you, are you doing Bible in a year? Are you doing I'm Bible doing in a year? I'm doing Bible recap with Tara Lee. Yes. Do you know? Yes, I love Tara Do you know Lee. her? Yes. I don't know her, but yes. I was like, I like the little video that she does where she encourages you to like see your God shot in the reading of the yep, day. Yep. So I've been, uh -huh. but it, she keeps saying like, don't like if you're just if you're really depressed while you're reading Job, just keep reading. Like, don't yeah. don't stop. But just to when you connect to scripture in a way of realizing like the way God puts the human condition on display and and mm -hmm. shows just as much as scripture illuminates his perfection, his perfect love and his uh, his mercies that never cease. The scripture also shows the the vast uh, discrepancy between God and man, right? And the, and totally. the corruption of man, the sin of man, the, you know, his friends sinning by cursing Joe, you know, it's, it's just the yeah. imperfection and of, and so to connect to that, there's grace in that to see like, totally. like you just said with Adam and Eve, uh, since ever since then, we've been doing a good job of doing a bad job and we can yeah, tend to beat ourselves up when we don't have it all together. And then things fall apart even more because we have no grace for ourselves. 
Totally, totally. And I think about even more than Adam and Eve, I think about when I read people's lives and scriptures and I think you, you, we sometimes think like, oh, if I would have walked with Jesus, I wouldn't have had these questions or I wouldn't have had these things. And then we look at people who walked with Jesus and you're still like, wait, I'm sorry, John the Baptist, did you really send people to ask Jesus if he was really the Messiah? Like you baptized him. Come on now. You remember the whole, the voice and the dove and all the things. That's right. And so it just gives me this comfort of like, okay, so I might stumble and I might fall. And so did people that like touched Jesus and hugged him and walked oh. with him that there's so much grace for us. Yeah, I always think about that with the disciples, that it's like you literally saw the miracles oh. and then still doubted. Like, that. there's just, you know what I mean? Isn't like, that, that always, and then just the the message of mercy and, you know, and, and the way a guy like Peter who just had epic oh. victories and even more epic failures, and and then there was Jesus at the shore of the, at the, shore of the water calling Peter, to, to come and have breakfast with him and yep. wound up being the rock that Jesus would build his church upon. I mean, those mm -hmm. are, those are powerful moments of restoration. And, and I love the reminders. Like God doesn't wait for us to have it all together, right? He loves us before that, right? Romans 5 a mm -hmm. for God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were still sinners, complete messes, complete wrecks, complete lost causes, having, having, the opposite of having it all together, Christ died for us. So I think that's yeah. the perfect place for you to start your book about what do we do with brokenness? What do we yeah. do with sin? What do we do with the beating ourselves up that we don't have it all together? And how can we rest yeah. in the fact that that God loves us even before we bring all that mm -hmm. brokenness to him and he invites us to do that? I, I'm thinking about like at first glance, you look at a title of your book and you could think, okay, there's a bunch of self-help books in the world. And I, you know, I get on Instagram and it's like this, this last several months, it's been like life hacks and just like, okay. So I, I drive my wife nuts. Cause I'm doing, I'm doing the cold plunge. And then it's like, oh, I got to get in the sauna. Okay. Yeah. You know what? If I do a sauna, that's going to decrease my whatever risk of a heart attack by 40%. There's all these self-help, like, oh, yeah. you know, creating your best life now. And I, I will say have you spent enough time on Instagram like me to where now I'm so confused about is there anything I can eat that's not going to kill me? Is there anything like I feel like I'm like, do I eat too many eggs or not enough eggs? <laughs> like, <laughs> have you seen the video of there's a guy that's like he says, I'm only going to eat vegetables. And then a video pops up. He's like, kale will kill you. And he spits it out. And he's like, I'm only going <laughs> to eat eggs. He's like, eggs cause yep. cancer. He spits it out. It's like and he finally just like gives up and throws all of his groceries in the trash. I'm like, that is hilarious because so, I have those same questions. I'm like, someone tell me exactly what I can and can't do. That's what I'm I, I'm saying the same thing. I, I started doing this cold plunge. I'm so proud of myself, right? And then my wife says, her friend tells her, hey, uh, I worked with a cardiologist for years. Uh, make sure he doesn't have a heart attack. I'm like, what the heck? I thought there was... <laughs> so all, all that said is yeah. this is not a self-help book in the traditional sense. This is not a pull yourself yeah. up by the bootstraps. You can do it. The answers you need lie within Jamie, yeah. right? You have the, the you have the strength you need. If you can dream it, you can do it. Uh, this is a different kind of self help, wouldn't you say? I would say that, and that's Matthew. It's a hard place to be because the self help is so just over the moon and so over the top, and there's just so many things. And I think that we don't actually have the ability by ourselves to get ourselves together, and so. 
Um, it's why, you know, the title, Why Can't It Get Together? You're like, it's going to be a bestseller. Everyone's going to pick it up. I needed to make sure God was in the subtitle so people weren't, like, disappointed. We're like, oh, all she talks about is Jesus yeah. here. So, but I think one of the, after I go through the whole ponder, I talk about chasing holiness. And the reason I said chasing holiness is because I think we're chasing a lot of things in life. You know, we're chasing what the world says we should be. To use your funny example, we're chasing the next cold plunge, you know, the next infrared sauna. Like, do I need red lights in my house somehow? Like, something's happening, you know? We're chasing all these things. And none of those that we just said are bad of, of themselves. But sometimes we chase expectations that we can't meet. We chase ideals that we can't meet. Within just the North American, like, church, I feel like we've been chasing a lot of things that don't even line up with Jesus' holiness. And so... For me, I said, what's the better way? And the better way for me is I want to have my eyes set on holiness. And so when I'm desiring to look and act and talk and walk and be more like Jesus, it's as if these areas, there's no snap of a finger and everything comes together, but it's as if I see these areas through a different lens. Mm. And that's really what it is, is how am I viewing my reality? Because like you said, like the warehouse, they need to, we need to do our reality. It changes all the time. But the way we view it, it does have an opportunity to be consistent. And we can view our realities consistently through the gospel. And so I think that when I am chasing holiness, when I'm chasing this idea of being and acting and talking and walking like Jesus, I can feel more put together. And so this self-help, I guess it's self-help if you're going to like, I'm going to tell myself to chase Jesus. <laughs> you know, that we'll, we'll go there. Um, but I, I think that this is too much for us to figure out on yeah. our own without without that hope yeah it's almost like uh the only like the the true self-help is acknowledging that you can't help yourself <laughs> like right? it's like that you that, that's not gonna sell any books though just so you know oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you talk about seeing through the right lens and it's it's mm -hmm. not just what lens but whose lens right like yeah. uh in the book yeah. you talk about seeing uh, ourselves through god's eyes to help us kind of mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. stop comparing ourselves to others or, or different things like yeah. that. Is, and, and that's the lens you're talking about. That's what I'm talking about. And you mentioned Peter and Jesus having breakfast, uh, you know, on the shore a while ago. And I, I use that actually, that story as an example when we talk about our expectations. Because I think for me as someone who's been following Jesus for, since I was 21, I'm 45, do the math. I've been following for, a, you know, a little over two decades. When I can feel the most down on myself is when I'm like, Jamie, I thought you conquered this the sin, this problem, this uh. temptation. Like, I can't believe this is coming up again. Like, come on, get yourself together. Why are you, why are you envious again? Why are you greedy? Why are you watching something you shouldn't? Fill in the blank. And I remember reading, you know, the story of Peter, like we've seen where Jesus tells him before he's going to be crucified, hey, guess what, Peter? You're going to deny me three times. And his reaction is like, which you would expect for someone who walked with Jesus, I'd rather die than deny yeah. you, no way. And we know the story ends up denying him three times. And in one of the, uh, one of the gospels, it actually says that when he, the third time he was denying, he looked up and saw Jesus. And so it wasn't even like he denied him behind closed doors. No, he was, like, yeah. He was there. Jesus saw him. And, and that grieves me every time I read it. But the greatest thing about that is he had these expectations of himself. I would never deny you. I'd rather die. And he did. And we see that when the women went to Jesus' tomb and it was empty, the angel said, go tell the disciples and Peter. Mm. And that distinction is so beautiful to me because there's this Peter 
is probably grieving deeply over his transgressions and his failures, and he didn't live up to what he thought he could. And then when Jesus meets him, he jumps out of the boat to swim to him. And it's just this reminder, the brokenness we talked about earlier, is that, man, Jamie Ivey, I want to follow Jesus as faithfully as I can, and I still live in a broken world, and my flesh still wins. And yet, you know, there's no condemnation, and Jesus gives that to us freely. And so... That's great. I want people to know that as they're walking through life because we're going to fail and and we need to be reminded that Jesus is like, you can come back. Yeah. You can come back to me. I'm here. And I love I love that uh, goes to hell the disciples and Peter. It was almost mm-hmm. like they spoke of him outside of the company of the disciples because Peter had really given up on his own title of it of a disciple, right? Like he said, I'm just going to go back to my old life as a fisherman. I'm going to go back to a fisherman. It's so powerful throughout scripture, the way Jesus like singles out and seeks out. Mm. So on so many different occasions, like, like even just like Zacchaeus, I see you in that tree. Like I see you come, let's go, let's go to your house for tea. You know what I mean? Or just Mm -hmm. those one-on-one and, and, you know, I think a great prayer for, for this book for anyone who's going to pick it up and read it, just that you can feel that one-on-one seeking out from from God towards you and helping you as you make the conscious choice, which I love the acronym you created, PONDER, because a lot of times what leads me to feel like, why can't I have it all together? It's because I'm trying to keep it all together. I'm trying to do too much, and I'm not stopping long enough to ponder what's going on in my life which direction I'm heading, if it's even the direction God wants me to head. And that's why things are unraveling is because I'm moving at such a pace that I don't give myself any margin to take realistic inventory. And so, you know, I, I find, I find hope in like, when I stop long enough just to read my Bible, like that's me taking realistic inventory. That's, Mm -hmm. and there's no, there's no wonder why I walk away with more clarity and more peace in my approach to life. And, and so when someone takes this book and picks it up, you're making the choice to like take some time, it, even yeah. if it's all falling apart around you. Like I got yep. the image of kids drawing and markers on the wall and, and you could just sit there with your cup of coffee, just let them That's paint right. that wall with their <laughs> markers and you read this book and be reminded yeah. that you can take your messy life to the one who does have it all together. I'm super excited for this book. And I know how hard it is to write a book. So just tell the people, how long did you labor over every single word so that they can truly appreciate the time that goes into creating this book? Like, uh, was this was this a process for you? How long was the writing process? Uh, you're kind. It is a process. I would say um, seven months Come on. of writing. And by the first, the first five were probably like, oh, a little bit here and there. And the last two were like, here we go. I'm going away. I'm putting my head down this and writing. And um, uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of work because you're, you're very vulnerable in books. You know, there's a lot of stories in here that are vulnerable and it's, it's hard to put it out there. But you know what? It's in print. I can't take some of the stuff back. So it's there. It's there. That's what makes it good, though. Your willingness to be vulnerable. Like, I, you know, whenever I'm reading a book or listening to a song, like, I want to know that it comes from a real place of mm-hmm. somebody else's personal discovery and, totally. and faith journey. Totally. And there's no doubt that that's the case with you in this book. I'm so yeah. excited for people to get their hands on the book. They can go to jamieivy.com, J-A-M-I-E-I-V-E-Y, because you had to be fancy 
uh, well, I guess it would be because most people with IVY, right? No, I guess. I guess, yeah. I mean, I'm married into this. I don't know. There how you go. Well, like we that, just had yeah. to make sure people know how to spell it when they go. They can yeah. find your podcast at that website. They can really find everything your books. Yeah, everything's um, there. Podcast, which comes out on Wednesdays and Fridays. I'm super excited for you to release this book. And I know it's going to be something that's going to inspire a whole lot of people, especially here. At the beginning of a year, we can start off with goals and resolutions and all these things. And then quickly, I, I learned that the second Friday, I think it is, of every January is called National Quitters Day. Oh, wow. Because they that's what the studies have shown that over 80% by the second week in January, 80% of people have already just pieced out on their wow. resolutions, right? And so your, your book coming out here in February is perfect for those who've just kind of said, you know what? I throw up my hands. It's just going to be another year of chaos yep. and craziness. I'm just going to wander my way through because that's what always happens. No, you can live yep. with intentionality. You can start to take some realistic inventory and ponder. So this, th the timeliness of this book is is strong. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate, I appreciate you letting me talk about it. Well, let's do this again sometime. Congratulations on the new book and, and thanks for Thank being you. on the show and the strategic placement of the product. I didn't have a hard copy yet that's coming in the mail or else I would have had it over my shoulder, but uh, yeah, I love it. we'll I love be getting it. the word out about it. And uh, I wish you all the best and look forward to talking to you again soon, Jamie. Thanks, Matthew. Thank you. He's my dad. He gives good advice and that's why we close out every episode with dad advice. Here's his theme song. He is my dad and he gives good advice. And that's why this segment is called Dad Advice. Dad, thanks for joining me. Thank you. Um, you've been bringing the heat in these uh, cold months of the new year. Last year, uh, last week we talked about, um, we're, well, we're starting this theme of Don't Stop Praying. Yes. Um, it's the theme of our spring tour. Uh, it's the, the title of uh, a new song that I released at the beginning of the year. And you've got some really great devotional thoughts to go along with that. Yeah, thank you. I, I can't wait for the tour and see so many people come out and be moved and encouraged. And there's already, you know, thousands, if not millions of people being encouraged by uh, the song, Don't Stop Praying. So I want to read some lyrics. And one of my New Year's resolution is that I was going to do a better job of reading lyrics of your songs. I know I butcher your songs yeah. and don't do them justice. So this was one of my resolutions. So here we go. When you've cried and you've cried till your tears run dry, the answer won't come and you don't know why. And you wonder if you can bow your head even one more time. Don't stop praying. Jeez. Don't stop calling on Jesus' name. <laughs> you, well, I... You tried. Yeah, I tried. I tried. So we're talking about don't stop praying because he hears us. Yeah. Uh, and, and I know uh, if... Uh, he, it, sometimes I find it hard to pray, and I think a lot of Christians do. Sometimes we're tempted not to pray at all. And if we do pray, we often get discouraged and stop praying. And uh, I'm, I'm sure all of us have had those kind of feelings yeah. and wrestle with them constantly because the devil doesn't want us to tap into the power of prayer. And it's so important in our daily lives. Three things to consider here. One, one of the reasons we quit praying it's because we begin to think that God doesn't hear us when we pray. We think he's not listening. How many times have you heard someone say that when they pray, their prayers are like bouncing off the ceiling? But the good news is 
And here's a good quote. God didn't save us to ignore us. Secondly, consider David. David felt abandoned by God at times. He felt like God was not there, not listening. Psalm 13, 1, he says, how long, O Lord, will you forget me? How long will you hide your face from me? But David continued to pray. He didn't stop. And in Psalm 66, 19, he declares, but God did listen. He paid attention to my prayer. And that's from the Message Bible. Thirdly, so don't stop praying because he hears us and he hears you when you pray. Consider these verses. And it's important that we put scripture in our heart and memorize it, especially to face difficulties. Uh, the good way to go up against it is quote the word of God. So when you're battling to stop praying, use the word of God. And here's three good scripture. First Peter 3.12, for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayer. Proverbs 15.29, the Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. Psalm 34.17, when the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. My dad's advice for today is to remember that God does hear you when you pray. He's leaning in and listening not only to your words, yeah. but to your heart. And 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, these are our key verses around the song, Never Stop Praying. Rejoice always, never stop praying. And I always put parentheses from now on when I read that. I put don't. Stop praying. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. That's good stuff. Thank you, Dad. You're welcome. All right, my friends, that's our show for today. I want to thank my guest, Jamie Ivey. Be sure to go to her website to find out about her brand new book at jamieivey.com. You can also sign up to be part of her book club. You can uh, check out her podcast, the Happy Hour Podcast. Uh, really good stuff, and I really loved our conversation together. I hope you did too. Go make the most of the one shot you get at this life, my friends. Don't worry about having it all together. Just keep running to the one who's holding you all together, all right? And know that he never gives up on you. He knows you're a work in progress, but he promises to complete that work. So uh, keep going. Keep running your race. Don't stop praying. And uh, remember, it's your story for his glory. I will see you next week.